0: the truth news network the police are the enemy of society rioters are not conservatives are the enemy of society terrorists are not individuals who are not afraid are the enemy of society but dictators are not and as society cowers in the basement in compliance with nonsense mandates they decry those who are living free as the enemies of society Orwell nailed it, didn't he? You know who else nails it? Dan Newman.
1: We do that right here. Nail it with lots of facts to go along with the feelings and the emotions that seem to overtake us every day. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Thursday, a big day around the world, a lot of news, not much of it good, but still a lot of news, things that are so many in number that it's hard to make sure we We get all the important stuff, and so we're going to unpack as much as we can today. Starting with this, folks, it's pretty hard to keep up the illusion that you're the answer to an entire country's problems when seemingly everything you touch just falls to pieces. President Biden is learning about that right now, the hard way. With his endeavors regarding things like the coronavirus, foreign policy, national security, all are wreaking havoc on the nation at the same time. As the Associated Press documented, in one single hour last Friday afternoon, one hour, Biden and his team failed spectacularly on Afghanistan, they ate crow on their next attempted COVID-19 milestone. And they ticked off the United States' longest ally. For starters, the Pentagon revealed last Friday that the Kabul drone strike that Biden authorized in late August after the failed Afghanistan withdrawal, that drone strike not only wasn't successful in taking out terrorists, but it did kill some folks. Killed 10 innocent civilians that included seven kids. This, folks, is the airstrike. Remember this? The General Mark Milley, who's under fire for making potentially treasonous phone calls to his communist Chinese counterpart. He originally called that drone strike righteous. What a word to use when you kill people. It was righteous. It's the drone strike that this administration falsely claimed had killed two high-profile terrorists. Those new big-time bad boys, ISIS-K. But that wasn't true. The strike was a tragic mistake Marine General Frank McKenzie, who's head of U.S. Central Command, admitted during a Friday news conference. Then there was the vote by a panel advising the FDA, a vote that wasn't even close, by the way, not to recommend COVID vaccine booster shots for everyone over age 16. So much for Biden's trust-the-science vaccine ambitions, right? And then finally, you probably didn't hear about this. France. Kind of mad. France, a country that's been a U.S. ally since 1778. France announced it was pulling its ambassador to the United States after some submarine deal that Biden struck with Australia and the United Kingdom. According to the French Foreign Ministry, it's never recalled its ambassador to the U.S. ever until now. That all happened, not just in the same day, folks, the same afternoon, within a couple of hours. It was an hour President Biden would no doubt like to forget. So, it's an afternoon. President Biden no doubt did forget (laughs) while it was still happening, given his recent track record on mental uh fortitude <laughs> and it's an afternoon the corrupt press forgot as soon as it happened to with a handful of sunday news shows not even mentioning the report about the tragic mistake of that drone strike nobody mentioned it except fox news but as these life and death failures they're piling up higher and higher every day in the biden administration's l column which is lost column the american people should not be so soon to forget this is the man folks who promised to return to normal but is instead pressuring private businesses to require vaccines and pushing government agencies to roll out boosters that science thing follow the science that's that be damned this is the president who promised an end to America's endless wars. But instead, he got 13 service members killed in his disaster of what he calls a withdrawal. Many folks around the world are calling it tuck-tail and run by the Americans. He greenlighted that drone strike that left little boys and girls dead, and he keeps telling the stories of his own personal tragedies to try to garn sympathy for himself. This is the President who promised America our nation was back at the table and back in the business of leading the world, but instead angers America's allies and is doing business with our enemies. With a campaign slogan devoid of meaning, Joe Biden promised he would build back better Instead, with this Commander-in-Chief, it's one step forward, ten steps back. Add to that some human casualties, a bunch of lost liberties all along the way. Eight months, folks, eight months and three days ago, he became President of the United States. Joe Biden's hour of mayhem on Friday wasn't a fluke either. It was just another feature a failure in the Biden administration and though his team and the media would no doubt like to forget it, we'll all do well to remember it all. Because every part of it has to do with humanity, human life, freedom, justice, equal justice under the law. And by the way, a president and an administration that thumbs their noses at the American people while they break federal laws all day, every day. There's no president ever that has had eight months, not just at the beginning, but in all total in four years of an administration that has done this poorly and so egregiously harmed the American people and our nation. Joe Biden... Wow. Uncle Joe, Sleepy Joe, I think those terms are probably more appropriate than President Biden. And he's paying a price for all of this right now, as he should. His approval rating among Americans, it's now in negative territory. It's down to 43%. That's one poll. There are the polls that have him at 40 But if you use that one, 43%, a drop of 6 points in just 30 days, and that's according to Gallup poll. It was released two days ago and indicates that the deterioration in the president's numbers is being fueled by a plunge in approval among independents. And Biden's approval is lower at this point at his presidency than any of his most recent predecessors. Biden stands at 43% approval, 53% disapproval. That's down from a 49 to 48% approval disapproval rating in Gallup's August 17th survey. At that time the president stood at 56% approved, 42% disapproved. Americans are not asleep. Americans are not uncognizant of all the stuff that's going on and the Americans want some stinking answers give us some answers so we're gonna we're just gonna go all over the place here today because there are so many different things among the different topics we want to make sure we cherry pick the big important ones and make sure you hear about them today thank you so much for being here and as always at any time you want to weigh in feel free to do so toll free 1-866-37-TRUTH. That's 1-866-378-7884. So let's start with the um, the Afghan situation. Yeah, we're supposedly out of there, and they don't know how many Americans are still h- hiding over there. We hope they're hiding. We're hope hoping they didn't get outed by the Taliban and slaughtered. We were told again and again by people at the Pentagon, generals, also our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, there may be a hundred or two Americans that are still over there. This was as of the date of withdrawal, but it's closer to a hundred, he said. So we have one of the patriots that spearheaded a drive and has actually been able to remove some Americans without the use of America's military. And that person who is knowledgeable, that's been on the ground, has been talking to, has phone numbers, emails, has been texting back and forth with Americans that they're trying to help them get out now instead of our government, said there's a thousand Americans under siege in Afghanistan. A thousand. Now, I, I said this two weeks ago, and I'm going to repeat it, folks. We will very soon, I promise you. We're going to see the Taliban ratcheted up a notch. And we're going to see Americans standing before firing squads, standing or kneeling on the ground with handkerchiefs over their faces, in some cases, some just kneeling. And they'll put them in these orange jumpsuits. They always do. And they'll shoot or behead them. They're going to hold Americans hostage. The Taliban are going to be what the Taliban really are. They're already there. They're just hiding their true persona from the world. They're trying to get some credibility regarding foreign relations. And the true Taliban is going to come back out. We've seen their work through a long time, a number of years, folks. They're violent people. So, of course, what we did, all of those Afghan people that helped us, our military, our intelligence departments, Through the 20 years that we were there, we swore from the beginning. We promised them. Many of them actually physically worked for us, got payroll checks. If and when we leave Afghanistan, we're going to take you and your families out of here. You're going to get back to the United States. And so to make sure that we didn't have any of that terrorism that is abundant all over Afghanistan, come to the United States with them, our State Department told us we vetted all these people. So let me tell you about two of them they vetted. Two Afghan men brought to the U.S. as part of President Biden's massive resettlement operation out of Afghanistan. Two men have been charged with child sex crimes and domestic abuse while temporarily living at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. Yesterday, the Department of Justice announced federal charges against Afghans Barula Nouri, who's 20 years old, and Mohammed Arum Imad, who's 32. According to those federal prosecutors, Nuri is accused of trying to forcefully engage in sex acts with a minor while living temporarily at Fort McCoy since he was brought to the U.S. within, along with tens of thousands of other Afghans. Nuri has also been charged with three counts of engaging in a sexual act with a minor and one count alleging the use of force. An indictment against Nuri says his victims were under the age of 16 and were at least four years younger than him. In another incident, Imad is accused by prosecutors of strangling and suffocating his wife while Temporarily living. That's a term I guess we need to learn. Temporarily living. Also at Fort McCoy. He got here on September 7th. Both Nuri and Ahmad appeared in court in Madison, Wisconsin yesterday to face the charges against them and are currently being detained in a county jail. Their immigration status, whether they arrived as refugees, special immigrant visa holders, those SIVs, P2 visa holders, or parolees, We don't have that information. They're here. Biden brought them over, folks. That's really all that matters. Nuri is facing a mandatory minimum of 30 years in prison and a maximum sentence of life in prison. Ahmad is facing a maximum of 10 years in prison. They vetted them all. They vetted them all, we were told. Every one of them. We knew who was coming. Good Afghan people that worked with us over there, that They took us through and pulled us out in many cases of life-threatening situations. And they're over here raping girls on American soil. And our presidential administration brought them, did not vet them, continue to perpetrate lies about it, and still are perpetrating lies on the American people about it anything and everything to do with immigration. We're going to get into more of that. So let's go to another spot on the planet. How about the Caribbean? How about Haiti? Remember this one, folks? If you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed and you will be endangering your life and your family's life. That, of course, is Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He said that about a dozen times in previous press briefings, but he said it again in Del Rio on Monday. He said, your journey will not succeed and you'll be endangering your life and your family's lives. We in Homeland Security are securing additional transportation to accelerate the pace of and they increased the capacity of removal flights to Haiti and other destinations in the Western Hemisphere, he stated. But despite these bold promises of removal, it appears, folks, the number of Haitians being removed is in the hundreds, while those being released, now that word, released, it really means released, within the borders of our country, all across the country. No record of who and how many are going where in America. Governors don't know. Mayors in cities don't know. Police departments and even ICE, unless they're directly involved in the transportation of these immigrants. None of those people know. Associated Press released a story that says these Illegal immigrant releases come amid a quick effort to empty the camp in Del Rio under a bridge that, according to some estimates, held more than 14,000 people over the weekend, and Del Rio only has 35,000 people in the whole town. Governor Greg Abbott, during a visit Tuesday to Del Rio, said the county's top official told him the most recent tally at the camp was about 8,600. So, Mayorkas and gang... Joe Biden, they desperately want to empty the underside of that bridge in Del Rio because it's on the news 24-7 every day. Americans are looking in, seeing exactly how bad the Biden administration's immigration policies are playing out. And it makes them look better because, hey, we're taking these immigrants away. What they're inferring to all of us is they're shipping all of these illegals back to Haiti, hardly any of them are going back to Haiti. And they've been lying about it, lying about it, and continue to lie about it. And it's because they don't want to know the truth. Now, let me tell you, a definition of stupid is if you don't know something and you go find the answer, that means you're not stupid. But if you don't know something and you just talk, And make people think that you really know something that you don't know? That's being stupid. So yesterday, back up in D.C. in Congress, Alejandro Mayorkas on a hot seat in a Senate committee hearing. Here's Ron Johnson drilling the secretary about the illegal numbers.
2: Secretary Mayorkas, real quick, in my 30 seconds left, you said you've gotten some numbers on the border. Are you... uh willing to finally share them? like For example, like out of the 1.3 million people that have been apprehended, again, I get the complications, there have been multiple arrests of the same individual, fine. So the relevant piece of information would be how many people have you dispersed in America out of those 1.3 million people? How many people have been in, released in the, into the interior either with a notice to appear, or even worse, a notice to report? And again, you have to live in a fantasy world to think that they're gonna report, but go ahead. How many people have been released? Uh, uh, Senator, uh, I apologize. I do not have that data. I was reciting the data of encounters, apprehensions, use of Title Forty Two, and use of Title Eight, expedited removal. I will provide the data you have requested. I do not have it at my disposal. Okay, I'll, I'll be expecting that information very soon.
1: So okay. there's, thank you. There's
2: the Senate asking
1: Mayorkas, give us the numbers, give us the numbers. Well. Fox's Peter Ducey. He took it one step higher. He went. To he went to the White House. Peter Ducey, yesterday in a press briefing with Jen Psaki, he approached the same question, and listen to Psaki's answer. Have a little perspective about the stuff we howl about here.
3: I'm sorry, you're professor. Are you to
2: finally share them? Like, for example, like, out of the 1.3 million people that have been apprehended, again, I get the complications, there have been multiple arrests, the same individual, fine. So the relevant piece of information would be how many people have you dispersed in America out of those 1.3 million people? How many people have been in, released in the, into the interior either with a notice to appear or, even worse, a notice to report?
1: That's the report that we just heard from that Senate hearing. Peter Ducey was at the White House, and him listening and looking for the same information from the administration directly.
4: Following up on this very basic but very important question, Mm -hmm. you're telling us that the DHS chief has the most recent numbers about how many of these Haitians under the bridge have been sent back and how many have been released into the U.S. The DHS chief is telling us that he doesn't know, so who else can we ask?
0: You can certainly ask the Department of Homeland Security. I am confident, Peter. I am confident he wanted to have the most up-to-date numbers, and we will venture to get you those, I promise you, this afternoon.
1: Now, let me tell you how this goes. We're talking about the United States of America. We're talking about one department of the United States government. We're talking about the Biden administration, and there's one secretary, only one, of Homeland Security. So what they're trying... This has been perpetrated over days now. What they're trying to do is deflect and delay. They don't want to give us the numbers. Folks, Mayorkas can pick up the phone and call his office and say, hey, give me the numbers daily of the illegals that we're transporting inside the United States, sending them to towns and cities where they're going, how many are going to each, and who's involved in that process. Somebody in his administration has that news and is charged with putting all those stats together every day. I promise you, they're there. And if they're not there, this guy needs to be run out of D.C. immediately because that's a fundamental perspective that every leader over any administration department has got to know the facts Folks, those are pretty important numbers to figure out. So what's going on there? Hide and deflect. Hide, lie, and defect. We don't want to admit to anything that makes us sound bad, that looks bad, or that makes people think we don't know what we're talking about. And there's nothing good that can come out of that. Nothing. Nothing. More about that a bit later. So, meanwhile, down in Del Rio, Governor Greg Abbott, he's just pulled out his hair trying to get the federal government, who is constitutionally, unilaterally charged with and liable for border security. All immigration stuff is federal, not state. So, he's trying to um, stop this flood of people, literally a flood of people, because they wade across the uh, Rio Grande on top of a dam just outside of downtown Del Rio. They're coming over from the Mexico side, and he can't stop it. So he ordered the Texas Department of Public Safety and National Guard to use vehicles, and they lined them up along the riverbank on the American side. A mile-long barrier. Vehicles to stop the flow of mostly Haitian migrants from crossing the Rio Grande. The vehicle barrier, along with the recently constructed Texas border fencing, effectively blocked the illegal crossings and that enabled border patrol officials to drop the number of the population of the Del Rio migrant encampment. Can you imagine a scenario where a governor has to do that because the feds won't even do their jobs? That's what's going on down there. In addition to the barrier provided by law enforcement and some Texas military vehicles, the governor also ordered the building of physical barriers along the river to stop this unrestricted flow of migrants. And uh, on Tuesday, beginning Tuesday, there were several miles of border barrier that were built by the state where no physical barrier existed three months ago. The state of Texas is taking unprecedented steps to secure the border. We will continue to respond in full force to keep Texans safe. That's Governor Abbott. That was during a Tuesday afternoon press briefing. The Biden administration's failure to enforce immigration laws and stop the illegal crossings on a federal dam poses life-threatening risk to Texans and the migrants themselves. The only thing they have shown, he said, is an incapability of dealing with the crisis candidly in a way where they pretend it doesn't even exist. We're here to tell you it exists. It's total chaos. And the Biden administration, they need to up their game big time. So, are you like me? Have you tried to puzzle through and come up with an answer? What is the reasoning for this total lay down, ignore, don't do anything about flood of illegal immigrants across our southern border. What's the mentality in the Biden administration that would allow this to continue to happen? I I struggle to come up with any plausible explanation other than the one that they want more illegals to come and they want them to keep coming and they want to push as many as they can into the interior of the United States, and they're so desperate for some reason to do that that they're ignoring the fact that a bunch of people that are coming into this country, we know this is factual. We don't, again, know the numbers, but it's factual. A bunch of people are criminals. Many of them have been caught up in criminal acts when they were here in the United States previously they have been arrested. Many of them have been tried. They've been deported. Many of these have committed crimes in their own countries and therefore their own countries want them gone from there. Hey, why don't you go to the U S they're opening their borders up there. You can go up there and get a free ride if you get across the river. And so this all comes back to one thing. Why? Would Democrats, why would the Biden administration be so hell bent on getting so many people to come into the U.S.? And you only come up with one plausible answer they want to create a permanent Democrat Party stranglehold on the control of the entire United States government through the voting process think through what they accomplished in the run-up to the November 3rd election last year. Using COVID-19, the pandemic, and the fear, they used that opportunity to instill mail-in balloting and voting across the nation in states where they hadn't been being done, but making it really easy to manipulate voting results on a state level. That was just the beginning of the plan. The other plan is to bring a bunch of people across the border that are politically ignorant, They really don't understand the meaning of freedom in the United States and the rule of law and self-government. They don't understand that, so they're just going to listen to the people that open the door and let them come in, right? That's what leadership in the Democrat Party, that's the only answer that you can come up with to explain all of this. And that also makes it easy to understand, while they really don't give a rip of how it looks, to real Americans, the ones that were either born here or immigrated and came here legally, and plugged in and took advantage of the opportunities and made their way at the same time helping other people around them, paying taxes, being good citizens, They don't care what you or I even think about this. And they know it will not last forever. So they're making hay while the sun shines. I guarantee you the 2022 midterms, if we can get a a fair election, that's not even a sure thing at this point. As a matter of fact, I just point something out. The Senate in the state of Arizona announced that tomorrow they are going to release the results of their forensic audit from the November 3rd election. And word is, inside word is, is that the results that they come up with are horrible. That voting in the ballot and the election process system in Arizona was full of graft and corruption. Wow. Wow. There's one more thing about the Department of Homeland Security before we get away. Mayorkas yesterday, he just dropped a bomb. He's touting a raft of new programs that he says are aimed to combat domestic extremism, many of which are raising red flags among a bunch of interest groups across the political spectrum. So, the plans follow a March intelligence community report that, deems white supremacy and violent domestic extremism as the most dangerous terror threat to the homeland. Now, think that through. Let's stop right there and think that through. He says, and there are a bunch of other people that are marching to the same drum, white supremacy and violent domestic extremism combined is the most dangerous terror threat to our homeland where in our homeland where and when have we in the last five years have we seen any white supremacy blowing thing up killing people rioting, burning pillaging where have we seen that happen give me an answer I haven't seen it happen. Oh, there's been some violence. There's been some terrorist activities that have been undertaken on home soil. No doubt about it. But to the level, to the level of even what we saw happen in Kabul a couple of weeks ago on that Friday where 13 Americans were blown up, I haven't seen it. And yet these, quote-unquote, intelligence folks, experts, man, when you use the word expert in tandem with the Biden administration, people laugh. There are no experts in intelligence in this administration. Intelligence in our government agencies, it's gone. It's vapid. It's been replaced by political thuggery. Every one of them, they work, they're driven by, and they follow some kind of political partisan agenda. And sadly, it's pretty much all leaning one way, and it's not towards white supremacy folks. Majorca said this in the context of Black Lives Matter and what they did last year and the year before, marching around, burning, instigating real riots, lashing out against the police, all kinds of egregious activities happening. They're not even mentioned. Black Lives Matter is not even mentioned in the discussion about the domestic extremism. All of it, according to Majorcas, is aimed at white supremacists, Proud Boys, and other white militants. Folks, those white militants, where have they been? Oh, they they stormed the White House on January 6th, not the White House, the Capitol on January 6th, that came with guns and killed people. Nobody had guns there except the Capitol Police. Nobody shot anybody that day. Nobody died that day except one person killed by a Capitol Police. Ashley Babbitt, a veteran who was not armed, did not attack anybody, wasn't threatening anybody, was shot from over her left shoulder in the back of the left side of her neck and bled out on the floor of the Capitol, shot by an African-American Capitol police cop. That's domestic terrorism? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What have we come to we're looking for answers today, folks, and if you've got any you want to share, <laughs> feel free to give us a jingle, eight six six three seven truth 866 378 Back after this, don't go anywhere, good stuff up. Real truth, real news, TNN, the
0: Truth News Network.
4: Welcome aboard Pizza Hut, where our legendary pan stuffed crust pizzas will fly you to a world of flavors. Taste an all-American pizza sauce, juicy pepperoni, and farm-fresh mozzarella to discover America's mega pepperoni. Or explore the creamy pesto sauce, chicken and mushrooms, in the French creamy chicken mushroom. Fly far above the rest and taste the variety with five new pizzas. And thank you for flying Pizza Hut.
0: Like the memory of a beautiful song, lingers on and on. Lea du Perfume, the classic French fragrance that you can wear anywhere, anytime, makes you unforgettable. Lea du Perfume by Nina Ricci.
5: Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda, KBB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot, with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance event today. For
0: well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand image from I'm Kelly Blue Book. Visit KBB.com for more information.
6: Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with SunMade snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are SunMade's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and some SunMade's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sun-made snacks.
1: to some COVID-19 news, something that is about something that's been around since COVID-19 was discovered and uh, was loosed on the world. We're talking about what happened at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There's another report out that says the Wuhan lab sought funding to create and release enhanced coronaviruses into bats. What the heck is this about? Well, it's according to the report, EcoHealth Alliance, remember that name? That's that not-for-profit that Fauci's National Institute of Health sent millions of dollars in grants through the years. They were a go-between. They would go to EcoHealth Alliance and then EcoHealth Alliance would pass the grant money along to institutions and laboratories. Chief among them, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that report says that EcoHealth submitted a grant proposal in 2018, 18 months before the first COVID case showed up. And uh, that proposal described a plan to release skin-penetrating nanoparticles and aerosols containing novel chimeric spike proteins of bat coronaviruses into cave bats In Yunnan, China, researchers in the grant, it said they also wanted to create chimeric viruses that were genetically enhanced to infect humans more easily and requested $14 million from the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. You've heard it mentioned all along, not by the full name, it's DARPA, to fund those investigations. The paper showed the researchers were hoping to introduce human-specific cleavage sites to bat coronaviruses, which would make it easier for the virus to enter human bodies. When COVID-19, the report said, was first genetically sequenced, scientists were puzzled about how how the virus had evolved such a human-specific adaptation at the cleavage site on the spike protein, which is the reason it's so infectious. The papers were released by DRASTIC, which is a web-based investigations team set up by scientists across the world to look into the origins of COVID-19. DRASTIC, remember that name. The papers were reportedly confirmed as genuine by a former member of the Trump administration. DRASTIC said in a statement according to a United Kingdom paper, Given that we find in this proposal a discussion of the planned introduction of human-specific cleavage sites, a review by the wider scientific community of the plausibility of artificial insertion is warranted. The grant was submitted by Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance. And of course, as we told you, they work very closely with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the National Institutes of Health and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Jamie Metzl, is a member of that scientific team, Drastic, tweeted this yesterday. As a first step toward overcoming the shocking obfuscation and misinformation campaign, I call for Peter Daszak to immediately be removed from both At The Lancet Commission and the WHO convened international expert group on pandemic origins. Jamie Metzl tweeted that. It's been previously reported that the National Institutes of Health provided a grant worth more than 3 million in US taxpayer money to Eco Health Alliance for research between 2014 and 2019. Some of that money went to the Wuhan lab as part of a grant entitled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence. Fauci has admitted that some of that money went to the Wuhan lab but he continues to deny it was for gain-of-function research or enhancing a virus to make it more effective. However, The Intercept reported earlier this month that the NIH grant money was used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans, and that's the definition of -of gain-of-function research. The Intercept's report was 900 pages long, Of U.S. government documents, government documents obtained by the website through a freedom of information lawsuit. Isn't it interesting? If you're a journalist, if you're a news outlet and you really sincerely want news, and especially about news regarding government things, Congress set up this FOIA thing, Freedom of Information Act. They passed it to give even you and me, regular American citizens or attorneys or people that have a vested interest in any type of government document, we can take them to court and force them to release it. Of course, if it's a, if it's a, a, a classified or if it's a national security deal, parts of the document, parts of whatever you're looking for it will be redacted to protect our national security. But you have a way to get this. Isn't it amazing that these agencies, they do all this stuff. And agencies, folks, they don't live in a vacuum. Agencies mean people, doctors in this case, pretty smart folks, very intelligent. And they're also smart enough to know that if they just put everything out in the marketplace of ideas for anybody and everybody to see, A lot of what they do, if it's exposed, when it's exposed, they're going to end up on the street looking for jobs. 900 pages of U.S. government documents the Intercept got. Those documents revealed that some of that grant money that came from Fauci and he gave it to EcoHealth did indeed fund the Wuhan lab's controversial gain-of-function research to create novel coronaviruses That have the ability to infect humans, including a previously undisclosed SARS related coronavirus engineered at the lab in Wuhan that reportedly was demonstrated to be more pathogenic to humans than the virus from which it was originally constructed. Now, dumb all this down for us. I'm not saying you're dumb, I'm just gonna wrap a bow around it and finish up by telling you this. We did fund a research project at the Wuhan Institute of Virology to enhance the infectability of the coronavirus in people. It's not even questionable anymore. So what does all this mean? Well, first of all, it remains Dr. Anthony Fauci, numerous occasions lied to Congress under oath. On other numerous occasions in dozens of times On talk shows, national talk shows, on all the networks, he's lied there to the American people. Now, put that in the context of this. We all bowed at the altar of Anthony Fauci, virologist, epidemiologist, the savior of the United States where it pertains to COVID-19. We were told he's the guy, the dude, the only one, the number one. He has it all in place. Now we find out that much of what he has told us has been false. Hardly any of it has been true. And the advice that he's given us, based upon his medical expertise, has been false, has been incorrect. And then we find out that he somehow had some knowledge, and it looks now like he certainly was a part of the creation of the Enhancement. Of the infectability in humans of the coronavirus. That's Dr. Fauci. Wow. Oh, and don't forget, he's the highest paid federal employee. Not even the president makes the equal amount of money as does Anthony Fauci. So, this COVID 19 thing, we can't get our arms around it, we can't get answers. We can't get rid of it. The vaccines are not working. I'm going to say that again. The vaccines are not working. People are dying left and right that are vaccinated. I'm serious, folks. Listen to this in Texas. More than two-thirds of fully vaccinated prisoners contracted COVID during an outbreak inside one Texas prison. This coming from the CDC more than two-thirds of the fully vaccinated prison prisoners. And of course, here's what the agency said in their formal statement. The vaccine protected the prisoners against severe COVID-19 symptoms. <laughs> so they're tweaking their tweaked messages. They're editing their edited messages the CDC said that 129 of 185 fully vaccinated prisoners caught the virus. Separately of 42 unvaccinated prisoners, 93 caught the virus during the outbreak at the prison. One unvaccinated person died. Four other people needed hospital treatment. Three of the four who were not vaccinated were hospitalized. The CDC data showed that seven unvaccinated, 21 fully vaccinated prisoners had previously contacted a documented case of COVID-19. Some studies have shown individuals who previously got the virus develop long-lasting and robust protection against the Delta variant. So based on the new data, the CDC said that vaccinating most of the population should remain a priority. Nobody's mentioning, nobody's even talking about, well, you know, back then last year we were telling everybody, we thought it was true. We were telling everybody, if you don't get this vaccine, this Moderna, Pfizer and J and J, when we get them out there, if you don't get them, you're surely going to die. And the only way to not die or even not get sick is to get the vaccine. Y'all get the vaccine. Uncle Sam's going to pay a hundred percent for it. They beat the dead horse over and over and over again with that information. And it wasn't true then it's not true now. And so we still have the big question mark hanging in the air. What do we do? Where do we go? What place can we get answers, truthful answers about how, how to handle this pandemic? and this COVID-19 and put it behind us. I don't. I can't think of a, a segment of our life. I can't think of a, a segment in our society, in our economy, not a single one that has a handle on how to function successfully in every aspect of what they do, and it's all because of coronavirus. United Airlines, their employees, United Airlines, you know how big they are. Well, their employees filed a lawsuit against the company's vaccine mandate weeks after United Airlines announced they would have to get the shot, employees, by uh, the 27th, four days. Six employees said United Airlines failed to provide accommodation for individuals who make the choice not to get vaccinated. This is from the suit and a press briefing about it. We filed a suit to protect the rights of honest, hard-working United Airlines employees who have religious or medical reasons not to get the vaccine. United has refused to grant any accommodations, and these employees are scared by United's draconian mandate that forces them to either get the vaccine or lose their job. That's unacceptable in America. That's according to a partner in the firm that's handling this case, representing those United employees. United said in a memo obtained earlier this month that employees, with a religious or medical vaccine exemption, who regularly come into contact with passengers are going to face indefinite unpaid leave starting October 2nd, will not be allowed back on the job until the pandemic, in their term, recedes. Yeah, that's kind of like an opinion spot. Oh, it hadn't receded yet. (laughs) So you can't come back to work. The company also said it's going to place other employees who don't come into contact with passengers, including baggage handlers, on unpaid leave until it can find a way to routinely test them for COVID-19. And of course, mask wearing. We can no longer allow unvaxxed people back into the workplace unless we better understand how they might interact with our customers and their vaccinated coworkers. This That line there, that just blows my mind. I, I don't understand it. If you wear a mask and I wear a mask, whether we're vaxxed or not, it's supposed to be because of the mask. I mean, we're double mask. If you wear one and I wear one, that's a double mask situation. According to what they tell us, they being the experts, told us a year ago, you wear a mask, your buddy wears a mask, you're going to be fine. Neither one of you will get it. Well, now we found out that was wrong. Fauci was wrong with that. So then he came up with, hey, everybody double mask. That's going to make it better. Social distancing. Scott Gottlieb, former head of the FDA, he told us yesterday. Yesterday he said, excuse me, we, we have no idea where this six feet of social distancing idea came from. It didn't come from science. It didn't come from doctors. Somebody just pulled a number out of the air and said, hey, let's go with six feet. I thought we were supposed to follow the science because they were the scientists, the FDA folks, CDC, they're the ones that create what we're supposed to do based on the science of everything. And now they're saying, United is saying, in this memo, this one just gets me just really lathered up. We can no longer allow unvaxxed people into the workplace until we better understand how they might interact with our customers. I can get that. But then this, and their vaccinated coworkers. So the big kahuna to take care of COVID-19, we've been told we've had it pounded into our heads. And oh, by the way, Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson Johnson have been paying billions of dollars, taxpayer dollars, to provide these vaccines. If their co workers at United, the unvaxxed people's co workers, are vaccinated, they're not supposed to get sick, right? Well, this lawyer said that the lawsuit is not about how effective the vaccines are or whether United may mandate vaccination legally. And the fact is that some people have sincere religious objections to the COVID-19 vaccine and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 requires employers to respect and accommodate those sincere religious beliefs. United has failed to do this. Some employees also have special medical conditions and physicians notes to not get the vaccine. United is saying it doesn't matter. You you either get vaxxed or you're out of here. So it's a class action lawsuit it was filed in the Northern District of Texas federal court. They're asking for a TRO, Temporary Restraining Order, against United's plan to place these unvaxxed workers on six years of unpaid leave. Six years. What is that just a number somebody pulled out of the air, like the six feet thing? Six years. What's going to happen this year? <laughs> Yet alone, what's going to happen in six years. Religious exemptions. Most of the time, those center on objections on how aborted fetal cells were used in the manufacturing and testing process. In all three vaccines, they were. They're there, too. And medical exemptions usually include a doctor's recommendation that a person not get a vaccine due to some underlying medical condition. A spokesperson for United... In response to the suit, said the most effective thing we can do as an airline to protect the health and safety of all of our employees is to require the vaccine. The company then said that about 97% of its employees are vaxxed and claimed that its workers provided an overwhelmingly positive response to the mandate. We've been encouraged by the overwhelmingly positive response from employees across all work groups since we announced the policy last month. We're reviewing this complaint in greater detail, but at this point, we think it's without merit. So this all began last month. CEO of United, a guy named Scott Kirby, in a televised interview said that his firm may mandate passengers show proof of COVID-19 vax if the Biden administration requires it. If they tell us that they want us to check Everyone, we're prepared to do that as well. Now, that's the ringing of the bell. That, folks, is the perfect scenario for this president, for this administration, for this Democrat-controlled government. They want to be able to unilaterally, without passing a law, and I mean, we're talking about something pretty serious here. We need to make some decisions based on total science, not on... Ideas or thoughts or political hackery that are put out there by political activists trying to scare us to death and force us through fear and because of fear to do something. Just ignore the rule of law and do what Joe Biden says almost daily if you ever catch him doing anything that ends up in real public purview. He talks all the time about authoritarian rule. And he points his finger at Donald Trump and says, Donald Trump was an authoritarian. Donald Trump didn't do anything by himself. Nothing. He issued some executive orders, no doubt about it. And many of them were challenged. Some of them were overturned. But he didn't try to go out and make companies do something and force people to do something just because it was his decision. You've heard Biden several times say, oh, we don't have the authority. I don't have the authority as president to do mask mandates and force social distancing and business closings. I don't have that. But what I am going to do is encourage those who have that authority to really listen closely to what the government authorities, the experts what they have to say about all this, and I'm going to encourage them to do it. What that means, in veiled Washington-speak, what that means is I have the power of the purse, and these states and these cities get billions of taxpayer dollars. I'll cut them off if they don't listen to me. Can you imagine what's going to happen with the airlines? What will happen if they don't let passengers fly that cannot or will not produce proof of vaxis? The airline industry will shudder almost overnight. They can't fund without passengers, and passengers in large. To be quite honest with you, you don't hear these numbers. There are millions of people, millions of people in the United States that are already vaxxed, that are wishing they hadn't vaxxed and want to pull out of it. They're finding out that in many cases, if you are vaccinated you are more likely to reinfect with this Delta variant. And you have credible doctors out in the marketplace that are finding out, and this is being released a little bit at a time with more and more information to back it up. Many doctors, not just here but around the world, are maintaining that the vaccination itself includes the Delta variant. Wow. That's a reach. We're not confirming it. What we've promised here at TNN Live and at Truth News Network is when we hear things like this, and it comes from someone with some credibility, and it's important, we'll tell you, hey, this is out there. We have yet to confirm it, but we want you to know it's out there and for you to watch it as we watch it and listen as we listen. We're investigating to find the truth of this, If we find out for a fact that it is true, we'll confirm that with you. If we find out it's not true, we'll certainly tell you that. But here's what's out there. That's what I just told you. I have no idea if the vaccine actually containing this quote-unquote Delta variant. I do know that all vaccines, they contain an element of the disease for which they're attacking when vaccinated but I don't know the science that goes with this allegation about the vaccine containing elements of the Delta variant. More after this. Cars today are computers on wheels, that's it. Uh,
4: The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield. And it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield. Their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one Auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as ninety-nine dollars a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's Carshield.com, promo code IHeart. Deductible may apply.
6: Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks. Just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yep, still delicious. And so are Sunmaid's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and some made new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious. All made with whole fruit. Sun-made snacks.
5: You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's Dark Chocolate to the Rescue.
3: My heroes!
5: M&M's Dark Chocolate Candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. This
0: is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN. The Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And Dan Newman. My mama didn't warn me about the truth.
1: She actually encouraged me to go find it. Find it for myself. Make sure I made my decisions, my choices based totally on what I could confirm as being truthful. Novel idea, huh? Instead of listening to somebody else's opinion and acting based on their opinion. Two more things before we leave coronavirus. Yesterday, 117, 117, Penn State University students were booted from school. Hmm, And it wasn't because they weren't vaxxed. It was because they were supposed to be part of the weekly testing process. They had denied to get the vaccine. And so the university said, okay, if you're not going to do that, you've got to get tested weekly and test negative 117 said we're not going to get the vaccine you're not going to force us to be text, uh, tested every week so Penn State kicked him out and when I say kicked him out I mean leave the campus you can't come on campus you can't go to any kind of Penn State activity including football or anything else you're out of here 117 by the way no tuition refunds you didn't comply you're on the beach Your problem, you deal with it. We're not going to have anything else to do about it. That's interesting. So you probably heard overnight, the FDA has amended its EUA, emergency use authorization, to allow the Pfizer vaccine, not Moderna, not J&J, but the Pfizer vaccine boosters for elderly and high-risk individuals. They announced it yesterday yesterday that it had amended that EUA. In its announcement, they said it now authorizes the use of a single booster dose to be given at least six months after completion of the primary series for individuals 65 and older. Those aged 18 to 64 that are high risk of severe COVID gets it too, and those whose frequent institutional or occupational exposure to COVID puts them at high risk or serious complications of the disease they get the booster as well it applies only to Pfizer's BioNTech vaccine that the news says got full approval from the FDA on August 23rd it did not we have presented proof to you and let me let me dig over here let me do what Rush Limbaugh used to do wrestle the paper let me read from the FDA what they released quote on August 23rd, 2021, FDA approved the biologics license application submitted by BioNTech Manufacturing GmbH for Comirnaty, Comirnaty, C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y, for active immunization to prevent COVID-19 caused by SARS-CoV-2 in individuals 16 and older. Same day, having concluded that revising this emergency use authorization is appropriate to protect the public health or safety under section, yada, yada, yada of the act. FDA is reissuing the August 12, 2021 letter of authorization in its entirety, with revisions incorporated to clarify that the EUA will remain in place for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, for the previously authorized indication and uses, and to authorize—now this is in addition to the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19—and to authorize use of the Comirnaty, which is the new one, for certain uses that are not included in the approved BLA. So, with the twist of the pen, what the FDA did was this new drug, the Comirnaty, which, uh, as far as we know, is still not available to the general public. It's still not available, folks. So we're being told, and the story I'm giving you now is from a very credible news source, and they're saying, quote, the authorization applies only to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine that got full approval from the FDA on August 23rd. It did not. It did not. It said the emergency use authorization remains in its entirety with some revisions. The EUA is in place for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, but full use of the Comirnaty COVID-19 vaccine, which wasn't even in the marketplace when they approved it, and as of yesterday, it was unavailable. No doctor, no hospital had it to distribute. But they're telling everybody the BioNTech, Pfizer, BioNTech, it's got full authorization by the FDA. It hasn't. So in 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 layman parlance, what does that mean, Dan? It's real simple. First of all, they're out there still using the BioNTech. If you ask for a Pfizer vaccine. That's the only thing they can give you because they don't have the other one. And they're going to continue to do it. The vaccination rate went up when the FDA supposedly approved the Pfizer vaccine. So why would they do all that? Well, first of all, it's real simple. Follow the money. Follow the money. Here's how you follow the money here. Any medicine that is approved temporarily or for EUA, Emergency Use Authorization, if the FDA does that, what it says is to every American, anybody around the world, hey, we're going to let them give you this drug. If you want the drug, go get it. If anything bad happens to you, if you get an adverse reaction, even including death, because we're telling you, the federal government, U.S. government is telling you it's okay to use it. The drug company, the pharmaceutical company, is not going to be liable for any kind of settlement, liability, financial, or otherwise for any adverse reaction that anybody has to this drug. It's an emergency. We had to get it out. But when the FDA fully approves a drug for use, which they have not done for the BioNTech, only for that Comirnaty, which isn't even available yet, but it's Pfizer's deal And so they put out the directive, but the media didn't pick up on the directive. They just heard somebody say Pfizer, FDA approved it. The vaccine is approved. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. These boosters the same way. Anything that happens to anybody with the current vaccine, they're sticking in people's arms. The government is going to be liable for it, not Pfizer. Follow the money. Now, let me tell you something else you probably don't know about this FDA fully approved thing. Let me give you some numbers, some statistics of what that has really meant on the ground. From 2013, from 2013 through the end of 2018, the FDA, this is public information, you can get it, the FDA fully approved, 8,000 different drugs. They approve far more than that. But 8,000 of these drugs that they put out in the marketplace and told us all, these drugs, we've tested them, lab tested, controlled, everything. We've got all the documentation. They're good to go. You're going to be fine. We urge you, based upon your doctor's guidance, that you take this medication. 8,000 of them had to be pulled off the market because of adverse conditions and things, bad things that happened to people for using them. 8,000, the FDA forced to be removed from the market after they approved them, fully approved them in the first place to be used.
7: Follow the money.
1: Wow. Wow. So we're sitting here now. We're what? We're an hour and 12 minutes into the show. Hour and 12 minutes. Everything we've talked about is bad. I don't know of a single, there's no victory that I can see in government in the United States today, not even one. And I'm one of these guys, uh, my wife will tell you, my glass is always half full. It's never half empty. I'm looking for the good part of everything. I can't see any good in this other than this morning I got up, I woke up, I got up. I went to prayer at 6 a.m. central and I'm back here with you. That's good. I'm enjoying this. I like getting together with all of you and exchanging ideas. I like that. But as far as actions that are being done around us by our government, instigated by, directly involved in, administrating, all those kinds of things. It's all rotten. It all smells. It all stinks. So our buddy Bill Maher, I know, when I say his name, a lot of people go, oh my gosh. (laughs) Why would you even bring up Bill Maher? You know what? As far left as he is, he's a smart guy. Now, every smart guy is not perfect. I got to be honest with you. We expect everybody that has been denoted or been called a smart person to be totally smart and say only smart things. But every once in a while, people are human. They err with what they say or do. Nobody's perfect. But Bill Maher has hit some, he's rung some bells here of late. And he did this yesterday. And putting this in the perspective of what I just mentioned, that I haven't seen anything really good going on around me anywhere other than the fact that God woke me up, that I got up, that I went to prayer, came back home, met with a friend here in my home, then went to the studio. I had two eggs over easy and some dry toast. That's what I have every morning. And I'm here with you. Those are good things. But besides all that, if you wanted to, you could look at the circumstances and go, wow, life really stinks. In fact, it doesn't just stink. It sucks. Bill Maher of all people, gave me a little different perspective of things. Have a little perspective about the stuff we howl about here.
3: I'm sorry your professor said something you didn't like. That won't be a problem with the Taliban because you're not allowed to go to school. In Saudi Arabia, grown women can be jailed for doing the kind of things we think of as routine without the permission of a male guardian. China rounds you up if you're the wrong religion and puts you in camps. More children in Burkina Faso work than are in school. Only 5% of Burundians have electricity. The homicide rate in Honduras is eight times what it is here. The inflation rate in Venezuela is 2,719%. The Philippines, in the last five years, has put to death 27,000 low-level drug dealers. In North Korea, people starve to death. The only people who starve here are doing it for a role. And the only people who have no water Live in California If you think America is irredeemable Turn on the news Or get a passport and a ticket On one of those sketchy airlines That puts its web address on the plane There's a reason Afghan mothers Are handing their babies to us
1: Think about that a reason Afghan mothers are handing their babies over a fence at the Kabul airport to American military members just trying to get their kids out of harm's way in Afghanistan and into the hands of the people that live in a country like the U.S. As bad as things are, folks, you can always look to your left or your right and in the front of you or behind you and find folks that are not nearly as well off as are you. And I encourage you all to do that. I I have to think about it and consciously do that myself. Uh, This morning in prayer, I started it off purposely, thanking God for all the the blessings that I have. I have my health. I'm 68. I have a great wife, three beautiful children, six gorgeous grandchildren. I have the ability to communicate with you. And we get tons of response. You don't hear a lot of people calling in on the show And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the perception of me. I don't know. But nevertheless, we get tons of emails and texts, asking questions, making suggestions, and we mention a few names every once in a while of people that call in and write in. And we have a lot of interaction during live shows. But everybody's got a perception. Just because we think something is one way doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it really is, and vice versa. When I think somebody is wrong, doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong. That's my opinion, my perception. So we have people in government today, they just ignore that fact. They feel like everything they think, everything they feel, everything they want to put out there, it's absolutely the truth. Nobody has any right to disagree with them and uh, express something with which they don't agree because they are the enlightened ones and everybody else is just plain stupid. And one of the greatest characters in our government that operates under that is Aunt Maxine, Maxine Waters, the person on the planet who has the most wigs, in Congress, that has ever been there. I mean, just when you think you've seen them all, she'll come out with some crazy one. Not only is she kind of demented in many ways, at least listening to her, that's the perception I get of her. And again, what we're talking about is perception is not ordinarily, and it doesn't have to be the reality of an instance or of a person. My perception may be wrong. But yesterday aunt Maxine weighed in and she weighed in about those border patrol agents down there patrolling the Rio Grande river outside of, uh, what town are they in? I just went blank. Del Rio outside of Del Rio. And, um, some of these immigrants are, they're bowing up to these border patrol people and they're on horseback and they, 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 when you're on horseback in that kind of situation, you're trained to use those horses in trout, uh, crowd control. That's why they're there. You have split reins, which means you can pop those horses on either side to get them to make real quick turns or get away or back up or not to go someplace or do something and not to trample the people that you're trying to uh, get to do the right thing. That was on numerous national networks that looked like they were close to these Haitians, but nobody was hit with a rain. Nobody was hit with the rain, but the left have just taken it all the way to the top of the spectrum about everything bad you can imagine. So much so that Homeland Secretary Mayorkas, those border patrol agents that were involved in that have been suspended and a real, Federal investigation is underway for the alleged whipping of Haitians by these Border Patrol agents. And Aunt Maxine weighed in on it. Listen closely, I want to make sure you understand exactly how she feels.
5: I'm unhappy, and I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. We are following the Trump policy. He is the one that does not follow the Constitution and would not allow those seeking refuge to be able to petition to get into the country. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys, with their reins again, whipping black people, Haitians into the water where they're scrambling and falling down when all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Yes, it is unfortunate that it is the poorest country in this hemisphere. It is unfortunate that they have no stable government right now. It is unfortunate that they've had to live through earthquakes. I've been working with Haitians for 30 years i've been working through two coup d'état. i went to the central africa republic and i brought back aristide after he was exiled into the central africa republic they have always been between canada and france and the united states treated worse than anybody else and so yes We're here, and we're organized, and we're saying to the president and everybody else, you got to stop this madness. And I want to know, in the first place, who's paying these cowboys to do this work? They've got to be gotten rid of. They've gotten to be stopped. It cannot go on. And so I thank all of you for being here today. Write the story. Tell the story story. about what is going on, and let people know that they're trying to take us back to slavery days, and worse than that. And the children who are unfortunate to be in this situation must be allowed into the United States immediately. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but immediately. Yeah,
1: yeah. Of course, that's Maxine's opinion. And uh, as you probably noted in all of that, she was a little bit uh, P.O.'d. I mean, she made it very clear. In fact, the original soundbite of that She used the P word, the P-O word to start it. She said, I am P-O'd. So she's in it and she has a partisan crowd. She's in her district in Southern California and it's raining on the streets, but a bunch of people are clustered around her hanging on every word and she's doing what she does best, going full speed ahead after the white man because of slavery. Make no bones about it. The greatest tool that the left has is the r-word and they unleash that weapon and they use it at will daily denigrating people on the right anybody on the right not necessarily just a white person but anybody on the right any reason that you do anything that they disagree with it doesn't matter what it is if they think you shouldn't do it, or if they think it's wrong, or even if they just want you to do something else or do it in a, a different way and you don't comply with their wishes, you're a racist. And if they're a person of color, it just makes it that automatic, much more automatic and acceptable and expected to call people racist just for disagreeing with them. Let me tell you what I did. There's a bunch of footage, a bunch of... Video, a bunch of still pictures online of the incident that happened with those Border Patrol agents on those horses with interactions with those Haitian refugees. And they were not trying to get to the country, they were in the country. And the dispute that was being done at that particular time, they were getting pretty violent or trying to get violent with the border agents trying to do something, go some places and do some things that were out of line. And they were just trying to keep them in line and keeping their horses away from the Haitians, from trampling on a horse, uh, on a Haitian, and, and also to stop any kind of injury. And they were popping their horses on the left flank of a horse if you want him to go to the right, and on the right flank of a horse if you want him to go to the left. These Border Patrol agents that are mounted... They're mounted patrol. They're trained in this for crowd control. I broke down in slow motion all the video. I found them all, probably a dozen, different ones, different news agencies from different angles. Not a single rain touched a Haitian. It was not about that. And if you listen to Mama Maxine, they had whips. They were using those reins as whips, and they were beating Haitians just like slavery. It's all over again. And her demand there at the end of that, for those children, for those babies that come to the border, those children must be allowed into the United States immediately. You know what's interesting? She's a member of Congress. She heads the House Banking Committee. How in the heck she got that role, I'll never understand. She's been caught up herself in all kinds of financial impropriety, but that's another story. Why doesn't Congress do something about immigration laws that they passed that they don't like? Amend the ones that are on the books, we call that amending, or do away with the ones that are on the books and replace them with new laws that are discussed, debated, amended, put before the full House for a vote and passed, send it across the hallway to the Senate. They do the same thing there. They approve it and then send it to the White House to be signed into law. You know what that's called? That's called the rule of law. It's not someone's perspective. It's not someone's idea. It's not a political narrative that someone feels needs to be enforced just because they're of that political ilk and they expect everyone else to subscribe to the same political ilk. And one other little thing, those people in Congress, they're not individuals. There are 435 of them in the House, another 100 in the Senate, and they're all elected to represent we the people. It's constitutionally required. If laws are on the books and you don't like them, you can't decide. A president can't decide. I'm going to ignore those laws because I think they're wrong. That's what's happening right now. Nobody even talks about it. Joe Biden, his administration, the people that work for him, they do it every day. They don't enforce any law with which they disagree. Immigration, the big one. Drug enforcement, same thing there. Hey, don't. this was the Obama administration. Barack Obama told Eric Holder, his first attorney general, hey, I want you to stop enforcing marijuana possession laws. I want you to stop it, even though it's a law. And all 50 states additionally had state laws against having marijuana illegally. That's where it began. And then it's just gone downhill ever since then with one four-year gap. The Trump administration, he encouraged his DOJ and everyone in it to enforce every law that was on the books then. That's what they all swear An oath to do. Not individually deciding anything about whether or not to enforce any laws on the book. So we've got another one of those career bureaucrat politicians back in the news today. And this guy is one that almost every time I see him do an interview or make a speech, I get nauseated because when he opens his mouth, he's usually lying. I'm talking about the Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Change, John Kerry. So yesterday, Kerry responded to a question on how the U.S. trades off human rights concerns with concerns about climate change, with China, by the way. Boy, talk about a conundrum. Uh, Climate change and human rights and China. (laughs) That's an all-day, all-week-long conversation if you want to get into that. So Kerry was asked, "How do you how do you put all that in a, in a, in a comfortable situation where you can make sure everything's okay?" And he answered it by stating, "Life is always full of tough choices, and first and foremost, this planet must be protected." So what he did there, folks, he told everybody listening in, now I'm telling you, John Kerry, part of the Biden administration, former Vice president, uh, former presidential candidate here in the U.S., also was a sec- secretary of state. He said climate change is more important, more important than human rights. That's what he said, folks. First and foremost, this planet must be protected. Climate change. The host that asked him that, David Weston. Another issue related to China is the importing of solar panels. Because, clearly, a priority of the Biden administration is really addressing climate. But it's not the only priority. There are other things as well, such as the Uyghur situations in the West, the western part of China. What's the process by which one trades off climate against human rights? Kerry, well, life is always full of tough choices in the relationship between nations. And then he brought up Ronald Reagan. Reagan thought the Soviet Union was the evil empire, and he continually directed a lot of energy at getting the Soviet Union to change. He then went to Reykjavik in Iceland, met with Gorbachev, and they decided together, you know what? This doesn't make sense that we're aiming 50,000 warheads at each other, that we're always on the brink of potential conflict. And so they turned that around. But the point I'm making is that even as there were egregious human rights issues – which Ronald Reagan called him out on – we have to find a way forward to make the world safer to protect our countries and act in our interest. We can do and must do the same things now. Yes, we have issues, a number of different issues. But first and foremost, this planet must be protected. We all need to do that for our people. There's no science that backs up any of that. I mean, you can find a bunch of people that feel like their version of climate change is the real deal. But nobody's ever yet been able to even try, yet alone successfully convince me and a bunch of other people, that humans can actually physically change any climate condition on Earth. Any, not one, any climate condition on Earth. We can't control the levels of the sea. We can't control temperatures. We can't control storms. We can't control rain. We can't control floods. In some cases, we can, and in those cases, we should, and we do do mitigation to stop those kind of things. We should work hard in those kinds of areas in countries around the world and help people. Humans do make changes in our environment. There's no question about it. Look what's happened in California. I mean, come on now. You can make things bad in your climate. Certainly, just look at California and how they do it. You wonder why they have all those wildfires? And then you wonder why they have all those mudslides and rocks falling off of cliffs on top of cars and stuff like that? There's a logical explanation for it all. Long ago, the California ecologist, the climate nuts, they got legislation passed that stopped an old concept that was actually put in place by the Native Americans that lived in that part of the country regarding their forestation and the massive growth of undergrowth throughout all those forests. Undergrowth, when it didn't get sun, a lot of it dries up and it becomes like a match so there's a spark from the from a thunderbolt lightning bolt, somebody accidentally drops something on the ground that catches something on fire. It just it's it's like being run across a a floor of a of a forest with nothing but matches laying around. And so what the native americans did, they went out and they burned and cut down all the forestation, that stuff that's down below the trees. It did two things. It stopped the forest fires, but it also cleared the ground around all of the trees and the plants and stuff they wanted to preserve so they would grow better. Climate activists in California stopped that procedure from happening. So what happens? Well, we know what happens. Somebody accidentally drops something on the ground out there, and immediately, it's an immediate brush fire, And it turns into a forest fire. And then what happens? When all of the trees and plants and stuff burn away, the roots underground, the infrastructure in nature under the ground is gone. And so it starts raining. There's no vegetation to hold it together. Boom. We have these massive mudslides. So, yeah, we can do bad stuff to the environment, and obviously reversing that would be a good thing that we could do. But folks, you can't change the temperature on Earth by anything you do. And anybody that brings up this stuff in the past about more hurricanes now than ever before, no, let me tell you, scientific fact. This comes from the Weather Bureau. They're the ones that do all these stats. About 30% more bad hurricanes have hit the nation before 1950 than since 1950. The temperature in the United States, if anything, has declined in a small way over the last 25 years, year to year. Those are facts. Those are what the scientists tell us. But these climate craze folks like John Kerry, they ignore the science in this, and they do it for political purposes. With climate change comes what? Massive amounts of government spending. Massive amounts of government spending comes with what? Ways to use that for personal financial and corporate financial profits and benefits. And of course, political power. So the Biden administration tells us we've got to we've got to stop carbon use. We've got to just totally get away from it by whatever year it is, I think 19 uh, excuse me, in 2050 they want it gone, turning to solar and wind energy primarily. They don't want to talk about nuclear because they think nuclear energy is bad, although it's the cleanest type of energy we have. Well, what about the wind situation? So after pictures of those old wind turbine blades you know those mountainous tall turbines you see them all over out in the southwest when you're going to um when you're going to Lubbock Texas if you're going to Lubbock from here from Louisiana you go across I-20 you go through Dallas Fort Worth on 20 and uh you get out to Lubbock and you want to go north want to go to Abilene You take a right and go north. Almost immediately, you come into a massive number and huge turbine farms, both sides of the highway. In fact, I did it on the back of a motorcycle on a Harley, and you can hear, you can actually hear and feel those monstrous turbines turning. I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds of those things. Well, folks, they don't last forever, the turbines themselves. Last year, the wind power industry moved to emphasize its commitment to sustainability, recently unveiling a new recyclable blade to be used for offshore wind turbines. But critics have questioned the industry's sincerity as well as its willingness to bear the full cost of the operation. Now, what's the big deal about these blades, Dan? You can't get rid of them. They are not environmentally friendly. You can't put them in a in a. Uh, they're they're poison if you put them in the ground. If you bury them, if you burn them, the same thing. They're here for perpetuity. There's no way to get rid of them. So up until recently, the industry's not made an attempt to even talk about the recycling of blades until some photographs started showing up out in Wyoming of hundreds of blades being laid out in a landfill. Till that happened, before that, the industry was silent. They wouldn't even deal with it. They're only now, because of public pressure, they're beginning to comment on it and making some kind of attempt. Wind turbine blades apparently can rapidly become pitted. They lose efficiency due to weather, in addition to suffering from insect buildup. That means blades need to be replaced frequently. So, somebody speaking for wind turbine maker Siemens Gamasa Via email said, what it sees is the advantages of its new blade design, stating that the composite materials used in conventional blades make them difficult to recycle. We know that. But here's what they said about the new stuff. The new material has a different chemical structure which makes it possible to dissolve the rosin in an efficient process at the end of service life. This is a mild process in contrast to known ways of recycling conventional wind turbine blades, which basically says you can't recycle the wind turbine blades now. You just got to lay them out somewhere. The spokesperson said that in three of their existing customers, RWE, EDF Renewables, and WPD, they've already made agreements to install the company's new recyclable blades as part of various offshore wind projects. Just thought I'd throw that little new, big environmental news out there. You know, we got the wind turbine problem. You can't recycle the blades. Right now, you can't. And then, of course, number two, we have the solar, the battery stuff. And we find out that it costs more to the consumers at every level. It costs more to power battery cars if you throw in the cost of the batteries And you throw in the cost of making the power grid, totally changing the power grid in the United States to accommodate the charging of these batteries. Don't even think about the fact. Have you seen the place where they go to mine the elements for these batteries? I mean, they are so caustic. The ground that they dig this element out of, it'll never be the same. It's a a horrible looking thing. They strip mine it around in a big circle and it destroys a huge segment of land when they do it. And then recycling batteries, folks? The Ford battery plant in Shreveport, Louisiana was right on Interstate 20 on the west side of town. I mean a big battery plant. They provided batteries for almost every Ford motor product around the world. Ten years ago, that plant shut down. And when they shut it down, Ford Motor Company was required to do a environmental mitigation of it. And the mitigation they did, when they did it, they spent, they dug down 100 feet or so and disposed of all the soil. Why? Because it was all polluted by battery chemicals. And still to this day, 10 years later, you can't get a permit to even go in and do anything on that property because it's unsafe environmentally. There's too much stuff in the ground. (laughs) So the climatologists, the environmentalists, professionals got great ideas. We want to make the air totally clean. We want to make the water totally clean. We want to preserve our wildlife and our vegetation and trees and all that kind of stuff. And we want to diminish our reliance on carbon fuel but we need something to replace it with. Give us something and not just wind and not just solar and electric.
0: Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org.
4: Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select, as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select, dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. What is Coca-Cola?
3: Coca-Cola. Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships, like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what
0: matters most. Coca-Cola, drink up. George Orwell said freedom is the right to tell someone what they don't want to hear. Today, that's called the truth. At truthnewsnet.org, here's Dan Newman. Ah, the truth.
1: The truth, the truth, the truth. Did you hear that the Democrats yesterday, they uh, they passed a bill. They passed a bill in the House of Representatives. that was initiated by Ilhan Omar out of Minnesota, representative from Minnesota, very, very politically attached to the anti-Israeli movement. We call that Semitism. She's a Semite and makes no bone about it. Well, you know what that Israeli Iron Dome is? The United States helped the nation of Israel create this And basically, it doesn't literally, it's not an iron dome that goes over the nation. But the air over the nation is protected by a series, a network of missiles. And these missiles, whenever there is a missile coming from other places, they will immediately automatically target the other missiles that are coming in, fire, and destroy those before they uh, kill Israeli people and destroy businesses. And it's been very effective through the years. In fact, President Reagan was the one that worked with Israel to put the original quote-unquote Iron Dome up there. And every year as part of our foreign aid, we fund Israel, especially when the previous year there's a bunch of missile attacks against the nation, which initiates and requires the shooting of Israeli missiles, part of the Iron Dome, to protect it, which means those missiles that are fired got to be replaced. So Ilhan Omar led the drive to strip $1 billion out of the budget, proposed budget for next year that included Israel getting that money to replenish the missiles. And she talked him out of doing it. It has set the world on fire. In fact, members in Congress, anything that passes in the House, remember, before it can be law, It's got to go over to the Senate and pass it. There are a bunch of people in Congress that are really hacked off about what the House of Representatives did. On Wednesday's broadcast of Fox and Friends, Representative Lee Zeldin, who's a Republican from New York, he stated that it's very telling that House Democrats are not lighting their hair on fire with regards to billions of U.S. weapons and equipment going to Taliban in Kabul, but they're doing so on killing the funding of the Iron Dome for Israel. $1 billion, $83 billion worth of military weaponry and vehicles, transportation, all kinds of things were just handed over to the Taliban when the United States pulled out. Representative Zeldin said it saves lives. He's talking about the Iron Dome. It's defensive. It's there to defend civilians who are being attacked. We just saw this play out a few months ago as Hamas terrorists were launching rockets at Israel, several thousand. Zeldin said he views the alliance between the U.S. and Israel to be very important. I think it's very telling that this is the stand, not lighting their hair on fire with regards to billions of U.S. weapons and equipment going to the terrorist group, the Taliban, lighting their hair on fire regarding a state-of-the-art piece of equipment, a strategic alliance, a partnership that helps us. I think it's very telling that the Democrats have folded on this. And as I said, a lot of other members of Congress on both sides, in the House and the Senate, have come out and said that won't happen. But in the middle of all of this, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi promoted Ilhan Omar to a leadership role on the House Foreign Relations Committee. And the tag that Ilhan Omar wears proudly over her head is anti Semitist. She, as do most Muslims on earth, despises Israel. And anybody that supports Israel, any Israeli resident, any citizen, despises them. And straight from the Quran, folks, in the Quran it instructs Muslims, militant Muslims, to issue and perpetuate a jihad against the infidel. And the infidel, in this case, is Israel and everybody that lives in it. Symbolism over substance, that's how we govern. (laughs) Far too much of that going around. And in COVID world, it's even worse. All across the state, all across D.C., most settings, many settings in the nation's capital, not so much for Democrat lawmakers, require masks. Democrats kind of thumb their noses at the requirement, their requirement, by the way, when it's not convenient for them. Spotting at a happy hour that was hosted by New Dems for its communications director, Natasha Dabrowski, who's moving to the Biden administration, at DACA Navy Yard on Tuesday evening, Representative Susan Del Bean, a Democrat from Washington, Derek Kilmer, another Democrat from Washington, Ron Kind from Wisconsin, and Anne McLean Custer from New Hampshire, Helen Milby, Cindy Brown, J.D. Grom, and Aaron Schmidt. All of these representatives were at this particular celebration. This guidance prevents recommendations that the general public should follow for wearing face masks or cloth face coverings to help stop the spread of COVID-19. It also provides the rules that must be followed for masking indoors, even for fully vaccinated persons. This update is based on CDC mass guidance updates published on July 27th this year. The Delta variant currently poses a serious concern. It's much more contagious than the original strain and is spreading rapidly in the U.S. The latest research shows that even fully vax people can spread the Delta variant to others. The threat of the Delta makes it even more important for us all to do our part by following mask recommendations and getting vaccinated as soon as possible. Mask are a powerful tool for preventing the spread of the virus that causes COVID. Mask act as a simple barrier, to, and you know the lingo, on and on and on and on. At that hoo-ha that we just talked about above, that happy hour thing that these Democrats hosted, nobody at it, nobody at it was wearing a mask. Rules for thee that don't apply as rules for me. That seems to be, once again, confirmed regarding anything to do with mask wearing and also social distancing by the Democrat leadership in the U.S. Congress. So let's move on. Something we haven't talked much about. Hunter Biden. You know all the hoo-ha about that laptop. Oh, that wasn't his laptop. We don't know that. That laptop was a Russian misinformation laptop that they planted to make Joe Biden look bad because his son had all that stuff on it. Nearly one year after all that happened and sparked what I would call a serious political firestorm, Politico of all places, probably the worst national supposed credible far-left News Agency confirmed that some of the material first reported by the New York Post in the final weeks of the presidential election are true. Politico published reporting from correspondent named Ben Shrinkinger a new book called The Bidens, which delved into the emails that surfaced and the explosive reporting that was ultimately suppressed by big tech, and these emails came off that infamous laptop. A person who had independent access to Hunter Biden's emails, the story goes, confirmed he did receive a 2015 email from a Ukrainian businessman thanking him for the chance to meet Joe. The same goes for a 2017 email in which a proposed equity breakdown of a venture with Chinese energy executives included the line, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. That's in the playbook. Emails released by a Swedish government agency also match emails in the leak cache, and two people who corresponded with Hunter Biden confirmed emails from the cache were genuine. That, by the way, that one, that line that says 10 held by H for the big guy, 10 means 10% of whatever that deal is that's going to be held by H, which is Hunter, and big guy, is Joe Biden. That's the way his family and a lot of other people that are close friends talk about Joe. They don't call him Joe lots of times. They just call him the big guy. Politico added, while the leak contains genuine files, it remains possible that fake materials have been slipped in. They had to put that little caveat at the end because, you know, they want to make sure that they don't tick off everybody on the left. So if you think things are bad over here with the mask mandates, uh, the vax requirements, et cetera, folks, folks to the east of us or west of us, it just depends on which way you go when you travel, Australia, they've got it much worse than we do. Police in Melbourne fired pepper balls yesterday and large size projectiles at unarmed civilians yesterday and they were trying to disperse crowds that took to the streets protesting against the vaccine mandates and other COVID-19 restrictions by their government. This, folks, is the third day of such demonstrations by construction industry workers and others in Melbourne against mandatory COVID vax and the extended lockdown in Victoria State. Videos in the morning showed police firing shots at small groups of people in Melbourne's Central Business District. Pictures of the projectile rounds appearing to be half the size of a fist coming out of a gun. A separate video showed a policeman tackling a woman to the ground. Starting early yesterday afternoon, groups of protesters ultimately totaling about 2,000. Not a little bitty deal, folks. Pretty big converged from different areas and marched from around the Melbourne headquarters of the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining, and Energy Union, and they marched towards the Shrine of Remembrance, which is a war memorial, gathering there later in the day yesterday afternoon. Riot police deployed pepper spray to disperse the crowd as they marched down Elizabeth Street, after which they scattered across the city before regrouping on Victoria Street And they continued onwards to the shrine. When they got to the shrine, they chanted multiple slogans against vaccine mandates and against Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews, by the way. They also sang songs including their national anthem. I don't think we could do that here, right? And the crowd held a minute's silence for those who died from the suicide amid the coronavirus pandemic. Wow. It's worse there. Think about it. As bad as it may be here, as bad as it may be in your life, there's always—sorry about that. There's always somebody that's worse off than are we. Always somebody worse off than we. That's going to be a wrap on today's show, folks. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to join us every morning, Monday through Friday, nine to eleven a.m. And if you miss it, you can always pick it up either going to our website. That Day's Story will have That Day's podcast on it. Or if you're on the road and you can't get to that, just go to Apple iPod. I yeah iPod. Or go to Spotify iPod. And our shows are all there live. You can pick a day and just click and listen. We're going to see you tomorrow. It's undeniable that we should be
7: together I used to say that I'd fall never The basis I need to know If you don't know just how I feel Then let me show you now that I'm for real If all things in time, time will reveal Yeah, Why? you're like a dream And you're the only one for me you know,